0: Welcome to the B and podcast with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted.
1: Returning once again, once again, once again is the B and podcast for Not So Serious Sunday.
0: Not so serious, folks.
1: Yep. We've had a, we had a bit of a hiatus, you know, end of the summer yeah. kind of thing, kind of taking it all in, but it was a brief break and we're back, hopefully with lots to talk
0: about. Yeah. We have a, we have <laughs> at least a two or three weeks here yeah. of, uh, yeah. Time away from one another. Yeah. So, um, how's, how's things been going, man? Great.
1: Yeah. 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 Things have been going really great. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to necessarily know where to begin, but, um, I've, I've been enjoying sort of the, the route that I've been, been taken on, or at least I feel I'm being led down as far as, uh, as far as being a a teacher and a mentor and, uh, and being an artist you know, uh, we, we did see each other for, you know, a little bit in the, while, while we weren't recording. And, and I remember I was sharing with you, uh, that I said, you know, I feel like it's taken me up to now, like all of this time to start to feel like an artist, like to know what that is to be an artist and to actually be engaging with with that. Hmm. So that was kind of a really cool realization for me, even though it was like, it it might seem kind of obvious, you know, where it's like, you know, we've been doing this podcast, you know, I've been acting and writing for like a long time and, and engaging with it. But now starting to feel like I'm, I'm taking somewhat some ownership of like saying like, I'm an artist, Hmm. right? Like actually feeling kind of settled in being able to call myself that. So it's, it's seems small, but I don't know, it feels kind of, it feels kind of big to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I would say it's, it's similar for me in a lot of ways. I, uh, I find now I'm doing my art for more for me and more for an, not for me, but more true to where I'm at, you know? Um, and I, I'm finding that the, the, how I'm being in my life as an artist has changed a lot. I mean, um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think like I used to, the way I, I kind of used to do things was I used to take everything so seriously, you know, as far as the art goes. And now I'm finding like, I don't know, I've like lightened up around certain things. And, um, that's been really exciting because I feel like that's opened up a, a door for me. And, uh, I I don't know. I think that, that actually taking things too seriously is kind of the death of artistry, you know, because there's, I don't know, there's this whole, there's this whole realm I'm finding of just kind of the joy and the, and the, and almost the absurd, you know what I mean? Like I'm finding that in the absurd is, is more interesting to me than in kind of the serious. And what, what I mean by that is serious is always like, well, you know, is it real? Is it realistic? Is it, uh, you know, how, I don't know, um, how close is it to something or whatever? Like, you know, am I tapping into yeah. this humanity or, or whatever? I don't know.
1: Is it emotional? Yeah, exactly. Is it, yeah. It's, is it intense? Is it, you know, yeah. Like, does it have have something that will just like have people shocked in their seats or I don't know. Yeah. Like there's all sorts of things that that can go fuel, fuel that whole concept of being serious.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And I think that's kind of like, you know, in a way that's a lot of how I was looking at it. And I found that, you know, when I started, when I started being an artist, it was all because I wanted to make people laugh, you know, really it was all about entertaining and having fun and goofing around and being silly. And somewhere along the line I kind of, I don't know, shoved that away a little bit and started to get really serious and tried to find the drama and all, you know, and the darker elements. And I think that's good. But now I I think where I've really been venturing back into this kind of humor and, and silliness and absurdness. And um, I think that for me has just enriched my whole experience of all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, when I was, uh, when I was like, you know, 10 years ago, over 10, 12 years ago or whatever, I wrote a TV pilot and it was, a, you know, seven episodes or whatever. And it was a comedy and it was, it's hilarious. And, uh, you know, and, and it almost got made and then got kiboshed or whatever, but it went really far down the line. And, um, it's a pro it's a project that kind of like, you know, it, it, it's like one of those projects that'll be like, when it finally does get made, people will be like, well, this took like 15 years or 20 years before it ever got yeah. made. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I think in a way, Um, it's been good for me to kind of almost lose my grasp of that for a little while so that I could come back to it now, because now I really appreciate it. I never really appreciated um, kind of the humor and the silliness. It always kind of, it almost seemed, I think to me, I think it seemed like it wasn't, if it was serious or, or, or if it wasn't, like if it was goofy and and silly, that it wasn't like legitimate, you know? Yeah. That it needed to be serious, that it needed to have all this emotional depth and all this other stuff, which I think it still did. But I think I just got kind of caught up in like what I thought my art needed to be, which was actually quite limiting. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm finding for myself, like I'm definitely letting go of, of that seriousness. Yeah. Which has been really good. And I think that that's, you know, it's that
1: sense of play. Yeah. And, and yeah, we do. I think we're also like, we're kind of trained to, at a certain point, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, you've got to stop doing that kind of stuff. You know, like you've got to be an adult, which means taking everything really seriously. Yeah, totally. And you know, there's, there's an obvious flaw to this whole concept of thinking. I mean, there are so many unhappy adults, yeah. <laughs> functioning adults in the yeah. world. And just so, so unhappy. And it's, and, you know, I think it's because we're so cut off from, uh, a sense of, of just childlike awe and wonder and, and in play yeah and allowing ourselves to, to participate in that anymore without any sense of judgment around it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's no small thing either. Like what you're, what you're saying, like it's, that is a pretty profound shift. Uh yeah, I mean yeah, I don't know. It's it's profound. It's it really is, because so many people just don't engage with that. Or at least adult play is like I don't know, adult things. Yeah. You know, you, it's yeah. just like, you know, you're allowed to do certain things like, okay, well, you know, you can go out and water ski or something and, you know, get out in the boat and water ski or go out drinking and stuff like that. It's like, well, but what about, you know, that's all fun and good and all of that. But like, what about creatively playing? You know, how, how often do, do we as adults engage in that type of a practice? Yeah. And I mean, and it's so funny because it's like we, almost rely on other people to do that for us, like other adults to go and do that for us. Like, you know, the Seth Rogans of the world it's like, please give us like, you know, we hunger for it. Yeah. You know, because we've stopped doing it ourselves.
0: Right. Well, in one of our last podcasts, we were you going off about sausage party and all that. And that's kind of absurd and silly and playful, but that's, you know, that's really like where I think there's so much room to play. I mean, you know, I I don't know, like, uh, working on movies and stuff, like, you know, doing a movie about this concept or that concept and trying to make it all serious. I mean, there's, there's room for all that, but I think, I think the thing is, is it kind of comes down to like how, how, well, at least for me, it was like, how am I trying to look or appear or whatever? And there's an inauthenticity to it for me. Um, and you know, I found that you know, when I'm really close with people and I feel safe with people, I tend to be really silly and really goofy. And, you know, you know that. And, um, you know, when I don't know people, I tend to be a little bit more, I don't know, what's the word, just kind of played a little bit more safe. You know, I'm a little bit more like a little more reserved, reserved. More, yeah. yeah. And more serious. Right. And so, you know, and I think that, uh, there's a part of me that thinks, well, if I was really as silly as I am, as really as goofy as I am, if I really like let loose like that, you know, that people would judge me or that I wouldn't be okay or whatever. And so the, the, the big thing that I've been realizing is that, you know, I don't need to create a scenario where I feel safe with people. I can just do that. And in fact, the more that I do that, um, the more people kind of get excited and livened up by it, you know, because I think serious and kind of you know, doing everything kind of by the book in the way we're supposed to. Well, I just think it's like, it's just very boring. You know, it's like very usual and it's not very freeing for me. You know what I mean? I, I think that for me, like a lot of the time, I don't really even like to be that serious. You know, most of the time when people are talking to me and they're trying to have a serious conversation, I mean, we're doing serious conversations for this podcast. It's not so serious Sunday, but whatever we are doing that. um, And I'm doing that to try and help people better engage in their art. But for the most part, when I'm having a conversation with people, I, half the time I'm, I'm trying to find a funny joke in it and goofing around and And it's disarming and people tend to really like it and people catch themselves being too serious. And, uh, you know, it really hit me over the last while. I was like, well, why don't I take that and do that all over in my life? Like, why do I ever, why do I need to be so serious about so many things? You know, like, even for example, like having a bill to pay or something, like, why do I need to be serious about that? Like what does serious really do for me there? You know what I mean? And there's the whole argument you could say, Oh, well, you know, if you're not serious, we'll pay your bills and blah, blah, blah. And you'll take it too lightly. It's like, well, no, not necessarily. I mean, I'm still going to pay my bill, but why do I have to, why does it have to be a heavy deal? Why can't it just be like light and like, Oh yeah, got this bill to pay, you know, or whatever. And it doesn't really matter. It doesn't have to like, you don't have to experience this stuff is so heavy. And, and actually to take that further, you know, there's certain things that have happened in my past, which were difficult for me to deal with as a young man. And now, you know, I'd say I'm pretty good with a lot of them, but I started to look at that stuff. I'm like, why do I even need to look at that stuff is so serious? You know, why does that stuff have to be such a big deal? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to make these stories define me in some way that to be more serious because something happened in my life. You know what I mean? Like in a way it's like you know, that happened, but so what? Like, like that doesn't have to define anything. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've used my past to kind of almost give ammunition to more seriousness in my present. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: it's really all about the sort of an image that we are projecting of ourselves out into the world. And, and yeah, it's interesting because I've, i I feel like I can relate a lot to what you're saying in terms of, you know, some, my own sort of, things that I've, I've become aware of. And in, in just, you know, even with what I was saying to start with, you know, just like feeling settled in like who I am and being an artist, you know, and being able to say that and just being like, you know, a a kind of a confidence, I guess, you know, just in, uh, in, in knowing sort of who you are and just allowing yourself to be that thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's huge yeah. to just allow yourself to be who you are like a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Cause I think that that is, that is almost like a discipline, you know, being who you, who you authentically are is like a practice and it's something that you, you have to keep working at, you know, like you, you learn a little bit more about who you are, you know, as you come up against new challenges in your life, as new relationships in your life, Um, and you learn a little bit more about who you are and, and it's really, a you know, it, when, when you have some of those experiences where you just feel so settled into yourself and you're not worried about, Oh, what are people thinking about me? What, what, you know, what am I giving off to people right now? And you can just sort of sit in quiet confidence in what you are and what you do. Mm -hmm. And, and uh it's it's liberating, it's freeing, and you know I'm sure that this is gonna be something you know that you're probably gonna be still working at for a while, yeah, right like I'm sure like it's not like like you know you've had this 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 shift you have this this awareness which has become really strong in your mind now about just like the kind of person that you're you're projecting out into the world. And is that the person that you want to project into the world? And and is that really who you are? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that's, I think that's the thing about authenticity that I'm finding more as I, you know, try to tackle this subject is that I don't know if, if any of us ever find out who we really are. I think that, that the idea that we can is, is kind of a, it's a fallacy, it's an illusion. You that know? there's this
1: ultimate answer to all of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I, I would uh, agree with you.
0: You know, the thing is is I think um especially acting is so fascinating for that because if you try on a lot of different characters and I'm talking like, you know, do character work, you know, work with impediments and voices and, you know, different backstories and whatever and stuff and you start to really try that on and embrace that, you know, what I found is I started to see that wow, like I could be like this or I could be like that, or I could be so many different ways. And ultimately what I came to was like, well, so that means that I must be choosing to be this way because I could be that way, but I've opted to choose this way. And then I thought, well, why did I opt to choose this way? Did I choose this way because it was what I valued? Or did I choose this way because I was just been so comfortable being this way. And I think I've always been this way. So what I found was interesting is that, you know, if, if, if people had experienced me a certain way and all of a sudden they had seen me in another way, for them it was difficult. Not for me it wasn't difficult. The difficult part was them seeing me and, and kind of treating me or dealing with me as though I was something else. And what I found is that if I just commit to being more how I want to be, based on my value, not on my comfort, people eventually just come along for the ride. They eventually just, you know, they go, oh, well, that's who you are now. And what will happen is people come to me, you've changed, you know, you've really grown or you've really whatever. And I think it's, it's uncomfortable. Change and growth is uncomfortable for people. And I think what people want to do is they want to compartmentalize and, you know, and generalize and package people and be like, okay, well, I know you, you're like this, you're this kind of person. And then when someone does something that's outside of our generalization or compartment, we're like, oh, they surprise me, or I don't really know them or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, because you only know them with as long as they behave within your box. But the moment they move outside of your box, you know, they're a new person. And I think the thing is, is it's scary for us to admit that we could move outside of the box we're in. And it's scary for us to admit that everyone else could move outside the box because if we all did that, we would all suddenly see that none of us really know each other because most of us have been hiding so much of ourselves that no one ever really got to see these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you know, all you need is a little life experience to start realizing that people lie about a shitload of stuff and they hide a lot. Yeah. And once you start finding out people's secrets and once you start finding out their stories and their, you know, the stuff they don't share with everyone and their yeah. real thoughts, you start realizing, wow, like, well, there's this whole other world that goes on that, you know, I didn't even know about you. you know oh yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. and I think that's a lot of people's like fear and shame and guilt. You know, I think that you know, that's why we, we keep a lot of these parts of ourselves, you know, repressed. Yeah. Right. Like we, we do it because we have some idea of, of the thing we think we're supposed to be out in the world, the thing that we think people want, the thing that, that we, we believe will get us the things that, that we want. And, well and I mean again you don't ever really know that answer. Yeah. That's the thing like you 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 never can like how can you possibly contrive some sort of personality for yourself to put out into the world and be like this is going to get guaranteed results. Yeah, right? Like there's no like that's that's ludicrous, right? Like there's there's no way that's real. So you, you know, you might as well get on with with being authentic and and being The type of person that you just legitimately want to be in your life.
0: Yeah. Well, I think you have more fun when you're authentic too. I mean, I think life becomes a lot easier. I mean, that's the thing that I'm finding. I mean, just life becomes a lot easier. I mean, um, I I, I don't know. It's 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 kind of almost weird to say like, well, so I wasn't being authentic through through my life. Like, I never really thought of myself as not being authentic before. Mm -hmm. I think say my awareness now has shined light on how unauthentic I was being, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily have the capacity to be more authentic at the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that's probably a very common struggle. And the reason why I think so is because I think we're taught at a very early age, we're taught to kind of get in line, you know, do follow the rules, do as everyone else does, dress the way everyone else does. If you dress outside of the way everyone else does, you're going to get made fun of. If you do this thing outside of what everyone else does, people are going to, you know, call you out on it. And so we've been socialized and socialized and socialized into conforming to this model of what it is to be appropriate Mm -hmm. and appropriate and authenticity don't go together very well, you know, because authenticity is, is sometimes you know, like, it's it's not always appropriate. You know, now, I think sometimes we may have an authentic feeling or thought, which is maybe destructive or bad, and we need to check ourselves on that, because we don't want to go around hurting anybody, or, or hurting ourselves or whatever. But, you know, I think what we need to do is we need to check in with, you know, well, what, what is it that I really want to do right now? I mean, you you know, we were, we were there away for the week, right. And we were playing that card game. And there was a moment where, you know, everybody wanted me to come to the table and I was sitting there and they were like, Brandon, come to the table. And I was like, I don't really know. I don't really want to come to the table right now. And it's like, well, you guys can play, you know, but there was this really interesting struggle that went on inside me for a moment. I was like, well, I have to go to the table because everybody wants me to play. And if I don't play, then they can't play the way they want to play. And I was thinking like, well, yeah, I could do that. But like, what do I want to do right now? And like, is it, maybe it's not appropriate. Maybe it is appropriate. But what was really good for me was a moment of just checking in and being honest with myself. And, um, and what was really interesting to me is I said, no, and everybody was kind of like, okay. And we evolved together as a group and we ended up doing something else we never even really talked about, but we all figured out what we would do together. Yeah, And and that's kind of, I think the, the nature of authenticity where sometimes, you know, and there was moments where I noticed other people did it too, but you know, over the weekend, but the thing is, it was really interesting is that I think sometimes we can form and we do what everyone else wants to do. Cause that's what the group's doing. And we don't realize that we can direct things by just being authentic mm-hmm. and that Although everyone might not like it in the moment, it might actually lead us to something better. Yeah, you know what I mean, so that that was kind of an interesting thing that I noticed, and I think you know, authenticity is kind of one of those things where we, you don't even know you want it until you kind of experience it. Yeah, like you don't like
1: like well, someone's because, authenticity because it's yeah. like, and it doesn't mean just being like a rebel. No, like it doesn't mean just being defiant. No, that's not authentic either. Right, like that's just going against something because, you know, that's what everyone else is doing. And being authentic might mean participating in something that everyone's doing because you're like, no, I actually want to get on board with that. Yeah. That looks great. It looks fun or whatever it is, right? Um but it's also being able to just say no, just to be able to look at at these things that you maybe have the option of participating with or engaging with and actually just saying like Oh, do no! I don't really feel like doing that actually. Mm-hmm. Like just, but so often we're we operate on on such a, autopilot, and we're operating on such fear based decisions. Even with like stupid little things, you know, where it's just like, oh well, if I don't, you know, like everyone will be, you know, upset with me, or if I don't, you know, do this, then, you know, whatever. Like a bunch of just ridiculous ridiculous fears can can come up, but we we actually we take them in, we take them very seriously. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, they can be a threat. I mean, like, I think authenticity can be a threat to the group, you know, because when someone doesn't do what the group wants to do, and I'm not talking about defiance, but I'm talking about someone decides they want to do something that's different when everyone else wants to do the, um, the feeling of abandonment and the feeling of loss, you know, and the feeling of, um, the, the desire for validating the idea of what the group is doing. Like for example, saying no to having a drink at a social occasion, you know, sometimes, you know, people come on, have a drink, come on, man. just have a drink, you know, just yeah. grow up. Or it's like, or, you know, people resort to all sorts of things. They'll start making fun of you. They'll start doing all sorts of stuff sometimes. And so, you know, to, to be authentic is like to go, well, you know, why do I want to drink? Do I, I want to drink because I want them to stop making fun of me do I want to drink because I really want to drink? Like, why do I want to drink? And, you know, sometimes, you know, you want to drink and maybe, maybe other people don't want to drink. But I think, um, what, what we've been taught as youngsters is we've been taught to kind of validate our own choices based on what other people do. And I'll go back to that teacher who I just thought gave me the worst advice ever, but he said, just do what everyone else is doing, Brandon you know, and I thought that was the worst advice ever. It had some validity to it. You know, if you're really lost and you don't know what to do, look at what everyone else is doing and maybe you can take a cue from that. Yeah. But, um, I think too often we're doing what everyone else does because we're doing what they do and we, we conform that way. And I think authenticity is sometimes uncomfortable, but it's really checking in with yourself and going, does this make sense to me? Like wh- why am I doing this? Um, I was having a big talk with a couple of friends just this afternoon. I was talking to them about, you know, um, all I need is a why, you know, if I have a good reason why I'm willing to, I'm willing to do anything, learn anything doesn't really matter. But if I don't have a why, if someone just gives me an order, and I mean, I learned this is a pretty, pretty, pretty early age. This is kind of grilled into me a bit, but I'm not saying I've never conformed because I definitely have, but it's been grilled into me a lot to really kind of, um, know why. Why are you doing this thing? And always question. And just know why at least, right? So for me, once I, once I have a reason why, um, it makes sense. So just to give you an example, we went um, hiking up this creek, right? And it's glacier water. It's ice freaking cold. And so um, a couple of us went in our bare feet. And it, to give you the idea of how cold this water actually was, my feet were in it for a few minutes. They started to hurt, like like pain, like almost like you know when your your yeah. you're, your body like it's like your your skin and your muscles actually hurt because the cold is that cold right yeah and so I was talking with my friend about how um, I was watching this like special ops soldiers and how they jump into water just to like build their tolerance and I was like yeah I don't know if I could do that. Uh, a little bit later, maybe 20 minutes later, my friend um, jumps from one rock to the next because there are a bunch of big boulders where we are. And he slips and he falls and I catch him, but his glasses fly off into the river, right? And it, into this whitewash area and we can't see them. So we're trying to dig around. So I like take off my shirt and I like submerge like half my body into the water and I'm trying to dig around to find his glasses. And his, <laughs> his uh, wife goes to me, he's like, yeah, that special soldier training, like all you needed was a why And I was like, how interesting because I didn't care about the cold. Once I had a purpose, once I had a reason to really deal with the cold, the cold became second to me, right? Right. The discomfort, but literally 20 minutes or half an hour ago, I didn't even want to have my feet in the water because it was hurting me. You know what I mean? But now I'm willing to submerge my, basically my whole body into this water to, to go under the whitewash and try and find my buddy's sunglasses. You know what I mean? So Um, Mind over matter. Mind over matter. You know what I mean? So I think like there's, uh, I I think authenticity and and we talked about the what and the why, like what are you doing? But I think the why really deeply informs, um, you know, it's a good thing to check in because then we're not just defiant when we do it.
1: Yeah. 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 And uh, as we explore, if you, and if, definitely check that one out. That was a great talk that we had about the what and the why. Yeah.
0: It was just a um, few before this. Yeah.
1: Really, and that, that was the last one. That was really, I, I really enjoyed that yeah. talk that we had. Cause that was one that we didn't like, we didn't really know exactly what was going to come of it. Yeah. Um, or was that one where we had no, was that like a not so serious Sunday? I think it was a not. It might've serious been, Sunday. we had no idea what we were going to get into, but yeah. Yeah. That why is, you know, and, and I've thought about that conversation that we had, a f- uh, since we, we've had it. And, and just like, I haven't necessarily changed my opinions about some of the things that we came to with, with that one, which was, you know, that about that why being, uh, an experience, you know, it's not, uh, it's not really a rationalization, you know, and in a lot of ways, why doesn't even seem, like it, like it can be rationalized when you get down to it. And I've shared it with a few other people who have
0: just been like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like like really, really picking up on it. That's a good word you brought up there, the rationalizing, because I think that's where it becomes, that's where it can start to become inauthentic when we try to rationalize. Because I think like, uh, when, when I'm, at least for my experience, when I'm connected to a why, I don't necessarily need to rationalize the why. Uh, It's simply a matter of this, I believe will work. So let's do this, you know, and you could say, well, I'm doing this because blah, 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 blah. But it's not really like that. It's like, you know, um, there's a certain kind of like a, like a value, a connectedness and a purpose, and you go in and do it. I think rationalization is trying to, trying to base logic around an experience. You know, it's like, you're trying to understand an experience. So you rationalize what, why you're doing this thing. And a lot of yeah. the time I think it's kind of just bullshit. You know, the rationalization is, I mean, it's a good way to kind of like talk about it or describe it, but I don't know if it always makes sense. Well, you know? cause it's a very
1: objective type of thing. Yeah. And I think that there are certainly things that can be learned from viewing. I mean, I think that our ability to rationalize is definitely a helpful thing in our world. Like absolutely. And it has its place, but it's not, it doesn't, it's not, I don't think rationalizing is an all encompassing thing. It's, it's one side of a coin. Yeah. I think right. Like where it's just, and, and I think I've talked about this before, but it's like, you know, there's an objective, rationalized point of view, but there's also an experiential, um, sort of a, a qualitative perspective on things as well. Right. And they're, and they both contribute to sort of, I don't know, the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, right, if anybody yeah. got that, I don't know. Cause like, I've, <laughs> I, I, I because I've, I've gotten into this one before. So that was kind of like the cliff notes on, on it. But
0: yeah, well, I mean, I found rationalization to be a good way of talking yourself into doing something that, you know, is not good for you, or I know is not good for me, or it's about justifying doing something instead of just owning it, you know? Um, it's like, well, like, why'd you do that? you know, let's we can kind of go, well, I did it because of this, this and blah, 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 you know, sometimes I think the only rationalization you need is like, that felt like the right thing for me in the moment. Yeah. You know, and I think instinct a lot of the time, you don't have to understand instinct, but I, in my experience, instinct doesn't, doesn't m- mislead you. You know, when your instincts go off, when you have a bad feeling about somebody, when you have an odd feeling, Feeling unsafe, feeling unsure, feeling an energy connection, whatever you want to call it. For me, at least, I find that's like 100% of the time it's accurate. You know, that sense. And whenever I deny it and I try to rationalize my way around it, it leads me into trouble. But I might not always know if it's led me in the right path, but I can tell you, like, when I listen to it, it definitely doesn't lead me in the wrong path. It definitely doesn't lead yeah. me in a path that gets me into trouble, you know. And, and I think that we have natural instincts and we're picking stuff up all the time. And I think our instincts are something we've learned to rationalize ourselves out of, yeah. but I think our instincts are much closer tied to our authenticity than our rationalization is. But that's interesting too, because sometimes,
1: you know, sometimes our, the things like, and maybe this is an instinct, but like, you know, the, the instinct, especially with fear, I think fear is always an instinct that you've got to, it is good to keep in check as well. It's a good thing to question it. Um, you know, like obviously like in a moment, like when you, like if you feel like you're, you know, you're in danger, like you're actually like in desperate danger, then yeah, yeah, like you just, you, you act upon it. But sometimes, you know, I find like my, what seems to be my instincts telling me to like, like not do something or like, no, like don't go there or whatever. It's uh, sometimes you have to take a look at that and just go, okay, hold on. Well, what is there actually anything to be afraid of? Am I actually like, is there actually anything that I have to fear right now? And you know, a lot of times, no, there isn't anything to actually fear. It's just my own sort of mind creating some sort of a context, creating some sort of a situation that isn't real. Um, Maybe I'm talking about something different or maybe you were talking about something. No, you bring
0: up a great point. I think, uh, I think it's based on your relationship to fear. I I think the, the instinct is still accurate, but it's, you know, um, like if you're um, like, some people will experience fear and be like, let's go do that. That's scary. Let's go towards that. Yeah. A lot of people will feel fear and they'll run, but the, the decision of what you do in response to that is not instinct that, that you rationalize, should I run away or should I go towards it? But I think, um, you know, if you're in a situation where, you know, you get a, you get a bad feeling, like I'm, I'm not talking about fear, but like, I'm talking about a sense, like like looming, looming trouble or something. I think instincts are something you kind of get in touch with, you know, you interact with the world and, you know, something doesn't work and you kind of have, you know, you can kind of pick up like, um, saying a joke or something and you know, it's going to be inappropriate. And they kind of get that feeling like, Oh, shouldn't say this it's going to be inappropriate. Right. And to listen to that instinct, because, you know, also like sometimes, uh, you know, like, uh, it's just like, with, with fear, I think you gotta, you gotta check in with fear. You gotta go, well, okay. What's, what's the, what's the worst that could happen? I feel fear. What's the worst that could happen? Okay. Am I willing to take that risk? You know what I mean? And if you willing to take that risk, go ahead, but be willing to take that risk. You know, don't go into it and go, Oh, that happened. It's like, no, you have to go in being willing to take that risk. If you're going to jump out of a plane, like I jumped out of a plane. I skydived, right? I'd do it again. But I thought, you know what? Both our shoots might not open. Am I willing to take that risk? If if we find out we're free falling in the sky and it's, and you know this is it, am I willing to take that risk? And I thought, yeah, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to do that. If that's what happens, that's what happens at this point. I've packed my chute, I've I've done everything that I can do to make sure. I feel certain about it. And you know what? I'm gonna go towards this thing. This is something I wanna experience. So you know, you could say, well, that's insane. That's crazy. You know, you could die. It's like, well, yeah, you could die. But you know what? You could die about a whole bunch of stuff. You know, just like, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, I I think there's lots of things around fear that we've made up our minds that, oh, you just don't, you just don't go towards it. And I think that's a relationship we need to, that's between us and our fear. You know, it's a relationship we need to work on. But I think your instincts are are going off, and how you respond to yeah. them are important. Now, I'm not saying like your instinct goes off and it means you don't do it or you do do it, but I think your instinct is telling you something, and based on your values, you can kind of collect. You know, mm-hmm. is this a, is this a intelligent choice? Is this a risk I'm willing yeah. to take? You know what I mean? But I think also
1: like instinct in terms of like in terms of the you know the creative process is is a massive thing to be aware of as well. Yeah. You know, and how often we, we deny our instincts. I mean, in acting like that's like, you know, everything is like, it's so immediate, right? That instinct is, is one of your greatest tools Mm -hmm. that you have, like your, your, your ability to, to adjust and to respond. And you know, sometimes these things, something happens like in the middle of a scene where you get an impulse. That's like one of the big words, right? That (laughs) in the acting world is like you get an impulse and how oftentimes as actors, we sit on them. We sit on impulses because we're, we're judging them. And now we're trying to rationalize them in our heads after we've had this impulse. And then, well, now it's gone by the time that you've decided that you're going to do it. Right. And it's, you know, you I think that's why so much with, with artistry is it is so much exploration. Like it's, it's less about, it's more about questions than it is about answers. And it's more about exploring than arriving at a destination of some kind. Like it's, and, and that is what is ultimately witness. That's ultimately what the, what the work becomes is, yeah. is that exploration.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I mean, you know, the whole Meisner idea is, you know, trust your instincts, like go with the instinct and the instinct isn't always going to make sense. You know, like I think, um, you don't need to rationalize why, why, like, if you stop to think and try and rationalize why you're doing everything that you're doing, you just never get through life, you know? And I think, um, you know, life is about fail upwards. It's not succeed upwards. I think you just make a lot of mistakes over and over and over again, and you eventually start to get something right. You know, something that works, and you've made enough mistakes to start realizing what doesn't work. You know, uh, um, you know, I mention this like every other podcast, but dating is like that. You know, people who don't take risks and don't trust their instincts on dates. I mean, they'll be, you know, terrible at dating and and have boring dates. Because the most exciting dates are, you know,
1: spontaneous. Ones, spontaneous.
0: where you trust yourself and you go with something, and you and you know you you, you take a risk, t- try a joke, try to you know give the try to touch the person, you know, try to touch their hand or their shoulder, or you know, if you get a sense that there's an opportunity, take the opportunity to you know, um, you know to to connect with that person in some way. And I'm not saying like, you know, do something against their will, but like but, but test the gap, you know, try it a little, right? Like if you reach out and you, you know, you touch their hand and their hands on the table and you just kind of touch their finger or something like that, it's a good test to see like, how are they responding to that? They pull their hand away. Okay. Well, you know, that's the touch thing is not going to happen here. You failed, but whatever, it doesn't matter. What you figured out was that you haven't built enough of a rapport to be able to create a physical contact now. So if you don't, probably don't expect a kiss at the end of the date because right now you're, you know, you're not getting that. Right. And so pick up like, why is that not happening? Everything. There's all these like responses, you know, that you're constantly getting. And, um, you know, like I I find dating to be fascinating because people are constantly giving each other cues, but if people are so in their own world, you'll never pick up any of the cues and you'll just be a terrible dater. Right. But if you're picking up on the other person's cues, they're telling you everything you know, all the time. And sometimes they they got their, ch- their, their cards held very close to their chest. And what you need to do is you need to, you know, test them a little, get them to reveal something. So you can kind of see what they have. What are they holding? And as you do that, you start to find out, okay, well, where do we stand with each other? And at the very least, you might find out by the end of it, okay, well, you know what? This isn't working right now. Or maybe it could work, or it is really working, or whatever. But you've got to get a sense. If you, I think if you walk away from a date and you're like, I don't know what the hell just happened. I don't know if they like me, don't like me, if there's anything going on here. If that happened, then you didn't test the waters. You didn't try anything. You didn't you didn't find out any information. And it kind of goes back to my earlier point, which is what I've been talking about in my life is kind of embracing this childlike heart type thing, which is basic curiosity. Just be curious. When you're when I am so curious that I don't care about the result, that is. an amazing place to be. And I would recommend that for anybody. Because, you know, if I reach out and and I'm on a date and I touch someone's hand, I don't care if they pull away or grab my hand. If I don't care what the result is, and I'm not attached to that, I'm just curious to see what they'll do if I make this move. Then the thing is, is I can adjust from there. I can start to figure out, okay, this is where we stand with each other. This is where we are. It doesn't mean that we won't um, kiss at the end of the day. It doesn't mean that we will, you know, part ways. It doesn't mean anything yet, but what it, what it's saying is, is giving me some cues and curiosity opens things up. And I, I would argue that if you're around someone who's really curious, it's exciting as hell. You know, it's like, if that person is just curious and they're interested and they're just looking at things and they're paying attention, um, it's, it's a really fascinating Mm -hmm. thing, you know? And I, I had a teacher say to me, um, a business teacher actually, very early on in my artistic career, say, you know, "Don't be interesting, be interested." And it's it's really, I mean, I'm sure many people have heard that before, but that yeah. is really it. Be interested, and as you're interested, you start to find out things about the world, you know. And as you start to find out things, you start to get data, and as you get data and you collect that, you start to figure out, okay, now I can do something. And
1: right? and I think that the also. One of the funny things about that is that once you've taken the attention off of yourself now, and and because I've heard that saying before as well, but now it's like I don't know, it just has a whole new sort of context to it, and whole new can of worms that is associated with it. But yeah, just like we're so we're so self focused sometimes on being like interesting. How am I being interesting? Right. Which again, is another one of those questions that you can never possibly answer. No. Right. Like it's like you, you can never really know what the other person is going to find interesting. So really the best thing to do is to be interested, take the attention off of yourself, you know, be interested in something outside of you and, and carry that into not just your relationships and into your work and just how you approach the world and just like being interested in all of it, um, then I think that you actually start to become a more authentic person, which is kind of the weird thing.
0: I, I, that's my point. Exactly. Yeah. My point exactly is that authenticity is very closely tied to being interested and it's very far away from trying to be interesting. Yeah. Cause because you're just, cause when you're, you're just authentic. Doing... You don't need to be interesting. Yeah. You just are. Yeah. yeah. You're just doing the things <laughs> that are
1: speaking to you. You're just doing the things that are of interest to you that, that are, are joyful things for you. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was something else that, uh, that sort of came to me as well, just like over, um, over that weekend that, that we had away. And it yeah. was just like, you know, you, you were there, I don't need to tell you, but for the audience, you know, we were, it was, just like we're standing out on the lake and there was this mist over top of it, just in like the dying light of yeah. the day. And like, the, it was just like glass. And I just thought to myself, man, what, what, it would be amazing to swim in a lake like this. I've always thought about swimming in, in a lake just, you know, as peaceful and as gorgeous as this. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, well, then just
0: go and do it. Yeah.
1: Right. And it was like, Oh, Oh, okay. I'll just go and do it. Right. (laughs) And I didn't, it was like, it was literally better than I could have even imagined it being right. You know, and I've imagined doing something like that before.
0: (laughs) No, and it was interesting because, you know, we're all staying there on the dock. We're all kind of a little cold and it's, you know, the sun's down, it's been raining a bit throughout the day. And finally it's kind of clear. And it was one of those kind of, it it was almost like we're looking into a painting or something. And yeah, it was an inch. It was a really cool moment. I mean, it was cool for me to watch you kind of do that too, because you're like, yeah, I'd like to jump in this lake. And then you just went and you did it. And it kind of was like one of those moments where you go, why do we, you know, why do we ever stop ourselves from doing something? And, and I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, like it, it, there's, there's comfort, you know, you can hang on to your comfort of like what I have. And then there's this, this thing that you want, which might be uncomfortable, but I find so much of life is about stepping outside of that comfort zone, you yeah. know? And that was kind of like literally an expression of that. Like, I'm going to step outside this comfort zone. I'm going to go do this thing. And then once you're in, you, you were swimming around in there forever. Oh yeah. yeah it was, well, it was like, <laughs> yeah. because
1: yeah, it's like to tie this into what we've been talking about, like the impulse hit me. Like, it, it. I was just like, man, it would be amazing to swim in a lake like this. And then it was just like the the impulse was like, it's like, let's go swim. Like let's let's go, let's go. And then there was a part of my m- mind that was just like, well, that water might be kind of cold. I mean, the air is kind of cold, and then you're going to be wet. Yeah. And you got to get changed, yes. right? And it was just like, and it and right. It could have like just stopped me dead in my tracks, yeah,
0: right. Which is a stupid thing to do all the rationalizations, all the rationalizations
1: of why not to do it. Yeah. Right. Which was like really bullshit at yeah. the end of all of it. It was just like, Oh, comfort. Yeah. Like comfort is like such an enemy of art. It is. I think. Yeah. And, and that, and an enemy of your life.
0: <laughs> it really is. I mean, comfort for me and the way I, I, you know, and it's something I've been trying to check in more and more with my life is where I find it. It limits me is it stops me from changing things. It stops me from changing my environment. Um, stepping out of something I know, you know, it's, it's usually kind of, now I I like a little bit of comfort in my life. Don't get me wrong. And I know it's nice to
1: have a roof over your head and a bed to sleep
0: in. Yeah. And there's, you know, and (laughs) exactly. And I mean, um, you know, I think, uh, there's certain there's, there's, it's not like comfort isn't bad in and of itself, but what I found for me, like, for example. Um, and I, and I've just been playing with this idea over probably over the last couple of months, really over this whole summer, it's just kind of stopping and going, you know what, what do I want to do right now? And, 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 and kind of going, but I really like it right here. And I'm like, okay, well, what if you like it over there? Do you want to try that? And I'm like, okay, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just see, you know what I mean? And what's, what I found really fascinating was like in, uh, in certain scenarios where I would just kind of stay somewhere or do something like Maybe I'm at a social party and I'm talking to some people that I'm really comfortable with. And I'm like, okay, well, I really like talking to these people. What if I stepped out into this party and just went and met someone new? What if I went and do that? And I kind of want to do it, but it's like, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's always negatives that can happen, but I've just been pushing myself to go do it. And like this summer, I mean, I have made so many new friends just by pushing those comfort zones. So many wonderful things have occurred by just stepping out of that. And not every time has it worked out perfectly. No, not necessarily, but in a way I've grown every time I've done it. And, um, you know, like, uh, uh, for example, you know, just, it's like little things, you know, like I usually have a buddy who goes with me at a gym and we work out and we lift together and I was walking out of the change room and another guy was walking out and, and, uh, I was like, Hey, what are you lifting today? He's Like I'm doing chess. I'm like, do you have a, do you have a workout partner? He's like, no, I'm like, I'm working out chess too. Do you want to work out together? And he was like, no, I don't. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, whatever, you know, the, like, like to me, I didn't lose anything. You know, the thing yeah. is, is like, I'm still working out on my own either way, but I could have had someone to help me lift a little more weight together for whatever reason, that guy didn't want to do it, you know? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it, whatever is going on for him, but, like, I could have taken that as rejection and be like, oh, he doesn't like me I'm good enough. There's something wrong with me. It's like, whatever. You know what? At the end of the day, like, I didn't lose anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. If anything, I, I tried something out. I'm sure if I walked around that gym that day and asked enough people, someone would have eventually said yes, because most of what we want is just a game of numbers. Yeah. But I think what people don't realize is that comfort is the biggest killer of most of our dreams, not, not the work, right? Yeah. Because I mean, dating's the same way, you know, if you're going to, and I mentioned dating all the time, but I, I love dating as an example because everybody can kind of, most people that I've met can relate to kind of wanting a partner or wanting to date or wanting to find a significant other. Most people can relate to that at some point in their life, you know? So even you know, if you're not an artist, you can relate. But if you're having trouble getting a date, all you got to understand is that there's really two things in the way. There's numbers in your way and there's you in your way. And if you cut those two things out of the equation, if you, if you make those things just simply a part of the process, like right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, you'll eventually get where you're trying to go. And so every time you think about asking somebody out or going to talk to them or doing whatever, your comfort is probably what's stopping you. If you get rid of that, then you go up and you talk to them. Now, if rejection's a problem, just look at it this way. You're going to, it's just going to be a game of numbers. If you ask enough people, talk to enough people, eventually you're going to get a response. Now, if you said the same thing to every single person, maybe the thing you said, your introduction sucks. But you know, what, if you do it enough, you're going to maybe start to think about maybe the way I'm talking to these people is really not that great. Maybe I'll alter that and change that a little bit. Yeah. You know, and through actual interaction in the world, you start to get better and you, know, you start to um, realize that there's better ways to you know connect with someone and um, you know like a lot of guys for example uh, you know will say uh, oh like they'll, they'll just do something like you're really beautiful or you're really pretty or whatever I mean if you could talk to a pretty girl right who gets that a lot and she's dressed up to the nines and she knows she's pretty she gets that all the time right so to her, It might feel nice. But for the most part, if every guy's telling her that all the time, she might start to think, yeah, what does this guy want? You know, they all say the same thing. But if someone comes up to her and says something truly authentic and really recognizes something like, you know, like you notice something like uh, maybe her purse is a certain make that you noticed, you you know, whatever. And you you say something like whatever. You find a unique way to connect to that person. The thing is, is that you have to kind of get past your comfort and you also have to start interacting with the world and eventually you start figuring some things out. Yeah. But you know, if you never do that, you you know rent run into problem. Art's the same way I find. You just gotta keep trying, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's being authentic. Not necessarily saying like the authentic thing or saying something interesting or, no, it's or not different. The right, yeah, I didn't mean but to communicate. Yeah, that. It, it's not
0: the right thing to say. It's 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 just being like true in that moment. It is. It's about,
1: it's more of a a state of being because I know that it's like, you you know, like I've, I remember from my days when I was like going out to like clubs and bars a lot and whatever, doing the party thing (laughs) that you do when, when you're hit that legal drinking age and like, you can start doing that stuff. And you know, you, you, there, for me, at least, you know, there was like always a lot of nerves and, and oftentimes I chose comfort by just not even engaging with it at all. I'm sure. Nope. I'm just gonna, you know, be here and sip on my drink and like maybe dance a little bit to myself and, you know, not, not like put myself out there. Right. Cause that was just more comfortable for me to do. And it has a lot to do with my own like sense of confidence and, and this and that. And, and, but then, and, Sometimes you go in and you have like something prepared that you're gonna try and say, and that doesn't work out either. The times that I had like the most success in it and just establishing a connection. I'm not talking about like hooking up or like, you know, yeah. like scoring digits or whatever it is, <laughs> right. Just in terms of like a, like having like a fun connection with somebody, yeah, or with a group. and it was always just in a place where it was just like, I'm having a great time tonight. And like, I just saw some people and I'm just like, I'm just going to go up to them. Right. And like, and I don't even know what I'm going to say. I don't really know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to go up and something's going to happen. Right. I'm going to approach them somehow. And, and it's incredible when you just have that sort of that energy about you. Yeah. Like it's, and, and it doesn't come down to any one thing that you say or, or any false sense of anything. It was just out of a legitimate sort of, you know, happiness and joy and confidence that I, I was just experiencing.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I would, I mean, I'm going to take a couple stabs here because I want to go vent, for, venture further into this. I bet you were feeling a certain state partly because in your perception at the time, certain things in your life were working. So like, it, and, and state is, state is almost like, it's, it's probably the most important thing of all, in you know, all social interaction. And I, I, I would argue state is about just as important with their interaction with their art. How, how is your state with that? Right. Like, you know, I, I came home from a dinner last night. It was super light. And, um, I, you know, I was telling them, you know, I've hit, uh, oh, yeah, I've hit like 1500 days of writing now over now. Right. And so we were talking about that and they were like, wow, 1500 days, blah, blah, blah we're just talking about it and whatever. And they're like, I love you writing. Cause they read a lot of the stuff that's online. And, um, they're like, yeah, well, don't be too hard on yourself. You know, don't be so hard. And I'm like, I'm not hard on myself. You know, I love, I love going home to write, you know, it's one of the things that I'm really proud of, you know, and, uh, and, and when I write, I have a certain, you know, most of the time, I mean, probably 99% of the time now is I have a state of just joy and feeling like I'm really connected and I'm making time for myself to do my art. And so, um, you know, I really feel like it's working for me, you know? And I think, um, uh, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to art and it comes to authenticity, it comes to dating, it comes to really anything, what I've learned, especially over this summer, the, the, my, one of my most profound shifts, and I shared this earlier on another podcast is we need small, tiny, achievable goals that we feel we can do. And we don't have a doubt about them. So like, if you know that, for example, you can brush your teeth every day. That's something that you know you can do. That's a certain uh, capability that you've built in your life that you know you have. And so there's certain things we know we can do, right? And when I find, when I know I can do certain things, I start to feel a certain confidence in in that territory. So I think what happens is the lack of confidence that any of us experience is that we want to move into a territory but we don't feel that we have the capability to do what is required in that territory. So when it comes to say dating, I'll just go back to it because I'm on this little tangent here. If you feel like, well, I can't talk to somebody, I can't, you know, get someone's interest or I can't get someone to give me a date or I can't get a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is, what you need to do is you need to, you need to start incrementally. It needs to be, what I'd like to do today is I'm going to smile at people. I'm going to walk along the road. I'm going to smile. I'm going to see if I can get a smile back. Now, just start seeing if you can get a smile back. Just do that, you know, and maybe not everyone will connect, but try and connect eyes and see and smile at them and try and just do a genuine smile and see if they'll smile back. And what will happen is you'll probably start to experience people smiling back at you. Now, that's a win in the dating world because now, I know that I can smile at someone and get them to smile back at me. I can, I have that ability, right? So now the next thing I can do is I might just say hi with no expectation other than I want them to just say hi back to me. That's it. Hi, how you doing? Ah, great. Awesome. Move on. No problem, right? Move on. Try to say hi to as many people you can, right? And, and I think everything is very much this way. And so, um, actually the art of war, which I was telling you, I was rereading. Yeah he talks about how there's a hierarchy, hierarchy or a territory. And when we're younger and we're more immature and more, um, I don't know, uh, what's the word? Um, we're just not as aware. We, we work on a hierarchy. We try to look at who's better than us and who are we better than, but as we get older and we get wiser and we actually, I think we become more talented at our crafts and our arts and whatever. We start to look for our territory. We start to see, where is my territory of this? Right? So you might say like, uh, um, I don't know, like Will Ferrell might say, well, my territory is, is humor or something in this area. Whereas Leonardo DiCaprio might say, you know, my territory is, is, is here in this dramatic element or whatever. I don't know, but people start to feel capable within territories. And what we end up realizing is that it's not about who's better or worse in the territory. It's just that, can I function in that territory like my peers, like the people who I want to function as? And I found, um, you know, and I was looking back. So I've been really testing these ideas in my own life because this is true. Is this true? And I started to realize it's like, yeah, soccer was a lot like that for me and hockey was a lot like that for me. Because when I started soccer, I started late and uh, I was not nearly as good as most of the players on the team. I mean, I had to really work, but it became about territory. It became about, am I capable to play on the field with this team? And so then what ends up happening is whenever I made it about hierarchy, about needing to be better or being worse, I usually felt really terrible and I felt in fear. But when I didn't care whether it was better or worse, I just cared whether I could play the game well and help the team and do, I had so much fun. So I think what we're kind of venturing into here with confidence is that, you know, and authenticity is like, I think being authentic is knowing where you have not built your territory and knowing where you have. And if you haven't built your territory to not make yourself less than, but to look at how, how can I incrementally own that territory, you know? And if you do that enough, you will, you know what I mean? And, and like, uh, you know, if you're a screenwriter, if I, if I was working with a screenwriter who said, you know, I'm really good at, at story structure, I'm really good at creating characters, but I'm really not good at dialogue. I don't know what to do. I would say, okay, so your practice every day is, for five minutes every day, no matter what, I want you to write a dialogue. Session. Just write some dialogue for five minutes every day, yeah. 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you are willing to commit every day, do that every day. And eventually, later than enough, they're going to start to get pretty good at dialogue. They're going to practice dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Then they're going to start to have a territory of dialogue, right? Um, and so I think that that's like everything, I, I, you know, and I, I think we need to start small. So, because if you try to take it all on, like I know the the dating game, like if you go, I'm gonna go out today and I'm gonna meet someone and I'm gonna date them or I'm gonna get their number, right? But you've never really even you haven't walked around and smiled at anybody in like months. Yeah. I mean, your chances are like it's like playing a lottery, right? But if you have kind of built some skill connecting and and you know starting to feel like hey, I'm pretty capable, you know, you're that's gonna be like no problem. Asking for a number is gonna be like whatever, no big deal, you know. So it's, it's all relative to the territory you practiced. Yeah.
1: I I think it was from a Dan Millman book and it, I thought it was, it was, its simplicity was so brilliant and it was, everything is difficult until it becomes easy.
0: Right. That's pretty (laughs) much, that's
1: exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, and, and, and I think that's acknowledging, you know, without judgment, you know, about where you are. Yeah, where you're at. You're just like, you know, when you just don't know how to do something, we're not experienced in doing something. Then why do we even like, there's no need to feel shitty about not being good at something because it's like, well, how are you supposed to be good at it? Yeah. You know, you like, of course you're not good at it. Like right. you, you've barely done this thing, you know, you're not practiced, you know, like it's, so the only way to do it is to get experience and to practice and to, and to not, you know, have things not work you know, a couple of times, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and, I, and I think the, the whole idea that people have an innate ability or they're naturals or they're born into something, it, it, it's, um, I think there is some relevance to it, but I just think it's, um, a lot of the time it's kind of undermining because really like, I do think some people have a more athletic disposition or some people might have better fingers per piano or whatever, you know? Um, and some people might have the disposition of they had parents or whatever who could help them and blah, blah, blah. And you can come up with all these reasons, but nothing really ever makes up for work ethic. Nothing ever makes up for persistent, consistent practice and passion and passion. Yeah. And just putting your energy into it and eventually you do something enough. You'll get really good at it. I mean, yeah, you know, um, and I think the thing is, is just the willing to work, to work on that thing. And, uh, you know, you get better and better. And, and I think, um, Life is really like a set of skills, and the more skills that you kind of acquire and feel proficient at, the more you start to build a sense of like I can do this in the world, and which is kind of a sense of confidence, you know. And um, I think uh, you know when people don't have confidence, when when we're lacking confidence, it's because we're trying to take on more than we have worked for. We've tried to take on too big a chunk. It's like trying to take a whole steak and chew that all in one bite. It's just not going to happen, you know, but if you take tiny little bits, you know, little by little, um, you can, you know, you can take down this, this whole thing, whatever. I mean, use any analogy you want. It doesn't really matter, but, um, yeah. And, you know, I, I think also you start to, you know, you start to look in your environment too, like certain environments are set up for you to succeed and certain ones are more difficult, you know? Um, Like if you're going to ask someone on a date, you know, at a club, you're dealing with a different environment than you say maybe would be walking around uh, an art studio. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different feel. People have different guards up, different expectations, different things are going on. People might be inebriated, you know, that might work in your advantage that might work against you. You know, there's, there's all sorts of elements that are going on. And I think what artists can do, and, and I think, uh, you know, um, I speak to everybody and every artist, including myself, is that we can learn to set our own stage. We don't have to always play on the stage that we think we have to play on. I mean, you know, you can make the, the party come to you. Sometimes I think what we can do is build what we want, you know? Um, like if you want to show the world you're funny as an actor, don't just wait for funny auditions to come around go and start doing a one man show or one woman show where you're doing something funny and work on that. Or do stand up with your friends and just be like, Hey, will you guys put up with two minutes of me telling jokes, <laughs> you know, or whatever, you know, or, or do it in front of the mirror. If you have to like, you can work towards that. But what we can do is we can start to build our own stage, build our own territory with it. And then when the opportunity comes, we'll be practiced. We'll be like, yeah, I got this. I do this all the time. No problem. You know what I mean? But if you kind of just throw yourself into it, and you've never really practiced and you never really worked on the skills you know it's just not going to it's not going to work out so well probably yeah. Yeah. yeah and i mean and
1: that can still all be part of your process you yeah. know like that's like but just you know know where, where your expectations are you know know where your expectations are are at i think it's just the big thing because i mean there's no real like any movement into doing something that you have an interest in doing like is is great like the the decision to go into something that you've never done that makes you uncomfortable is better than choosing the comfort of just not doing it. Totally. Right? Um which you inevitably pay for in the end anyhow, Mm -hmm. right? By being extraordinarily uncomfortable with how comfortable you are in your life and how boring everything is. But I think it's just like any movement into it and it's it comes down to a lot of what you're expecting to get out of it. Right. Right. You know, if like you've never done stand up before in your life and you decided to just like two days before a show, you know, go like submit yourself for an open mic and like whip up a couple of jokes on like a piece of paper that you haven't performed for anybody before, you know, you might get some chuckles, but don't expect to tear the house down. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, like getting up there and doing it, that, that, is something that right. there's that that's part of the experience that's going to, to start to, to shape and mold and strengthen you and, and get you better. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, I think the big thing is, you know, I think so, so many times we're afraid to do these things because we're so hard on ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, if we're, if we can't, you know, be amazing, then we're just like, Oh, I don't want to do it at all. Right. Right. Which is, again, it's not very, it's not very realistic and it's going to squash your dreams. It's going to squash all of your your desires and, and your interests because, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of great rational reasons why you shouldn't do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, why you shouldn't pursue a lot of things. But at the end of the day, is it something that you want to do? Is it something that you love? Is it something that you're interested in? Is it something you're curious about? Is it something that you're fascinated? About yeah, and if it is, then do it yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, like start somewhere, you know, start somehow yeah, and it will be difficult until it becomes easy yeah yeah
0: yeah. I, you know, I think that's it. I mean, I think uh, you know, it, we we and you know, and, and I think when we were younger, we were taught um, to, we had to be perfect and we had to have it all figured out, and if we didn't, that there was something wrong with us or that you know, we didn't add up or something. I don't know. And, and I think that that's a total fallacy because anybody who has convinced you that you need to show up knowing everything is, you know, they're not a good model. They, they don't, you know, everything takes work. Everything takes effort. And I think some people might have some natural ability, but I think we also learn that if we did something wrong, if we made a mistake, we would get made fun of, or we would get scolded or whatever. And, um, you know, I think that making a mistake is usually what ends up, what ends up helping you stumble into great art. You know, um, it's usually not, it's usually not perfect. It's usually not planned out. I mean, like math and science and stuff, you know, things that are already kind of like logically worked out, you know, they might be able to work out consistently, consistently, but art doesn't necessarily work like that. There's, there's too many variables And you'll never be able to anticipate all the variables, you know. And and I think the whole idea that we've been talking a lot about preparation and owning your territory and, you know, getting these skills down. But that being said, let go of the idea that you'll ever be prepared, I think. You know, you'll never, ever be fully prepared and have everything ready to go. And you'll always be in process. There's never like a point, I think, where any artist hits where they're like, I've made it. I'm, I'm there. And if they have, they're just diluted. Like they're,
1: I think the most ready you can be as an artist is when you're in a place when you can say, I'm open to whatever happens. You know, I think that that's, that is really the, the, the key to me in, in creating art. And in that place of saying, I don't really know anything. I think there's more power to be found in saying that we don't know anything than there is in saying that we do. Like when we say we don't know anything, it, it allows us to remain open to whatever might come to us. Like it, we're, we're able to receive, we're able to respond. We're able to be more authentically than to try and premeditate everything to try and plan everything to to try and say that we know exactly how everything is supposed to go and what this person is going to do or what
0: you know there's well, yeah everything is a response I mean everything is a response to something I mean you have to kind of it, it, it's incrementally done it's it's there's nothing like I don't think you ever show up and you know what's gonna happen you know like you have an idea of what's gonna happen but but the world especially with art is going to throw you back something else and you know you'll have a discovery and through that discovery you decide what you'll do with it you know um you know it's uh it's especially like especially with like with acting um or at least in the film industry like you know you you as a director show up and you go okay this is how the scene's going to be blocked i have this idea now <clears throat> you can do it that way and you can kind of organize all these thoughts and treat the actors kind of like these elaborate pylons that will just move and they'll talk where you want them to talk. And that's one way to do it. And that's, you know, it's a way to do it. It might not be the most authentic. It might look aesthetically really pretty, but it probably will lose some type of authenticity in the actual, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But the best directors um, from every um, biography, autobiography I've ever read, every interview I've ever watched, they tend to say that they let the actor's go at it once and to see what they'll do. And then from there, then they start making decisions about how they'll do it. They usually come in with some ideas, but you know, then they'll, they'll figure it out. Now I understand with certain technical shots or scenes or whatever, there's certain ways in which kind of things have to be a certain way or location yeah. limitations fine. But then if, if you've already come that pre-planned, you've dealt with the interaction of, of what you were dealing with. If, you know, if, Um, like you show up to a location and then you might realize, hey, we don't have enough room to move the camera the way that we want to move the camera. So then you deal with it, right? And the actor comes in and they they say their line and the other actor says their line and they said it not the way that you expected it. And now you deal with that. And, And art is constantly this process of we deal with it incrementally as it goes. And as those increments happen, something kind of greater happens. You know, but if we try to impose our will on the way it's supposed to be, that's what makes it really contrived and like it just there it just has this shallowness to it, right? But when something is happening in front of us where we we don't know what's going to happen, we instantly become curious, and I think when we become curious and we become kind of fascinated with what's happening, that's really what draws us in, yeah, you know, and I think that's what we're working for as artists, and I think it it, it you know there's a practice. I mean, I I like, I I do like the Meisner uh, work because I think that builds a certain practice where you're able to roll with the punches a little bit. I also really like independent film because I feel like directors who dabble with uh, low budgets and kind of dealing with independent film and kind of working with what they have, you know, I think that they build a certain kind of skill set that, you know, um, ones that try to do everything traditional don't, don't develop, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, uh, writing a script or something that is like, uh, I don't know, just for fun, you know, trying something out, you know, you start to develop skills that not everybody has. Right. And then those become the the prize skills. You know, those become the things that, that, that become unique because I mean, everybody can, everybody can draw a line from A to B, you know, from dot to dot, but not everybody can, can draw that line without any kind of, um, information other than that that sense you know that that sense of direction and you know, when an artist kind of creates something in front of you like a painter or someone's drawing something and they do it and it's ne- it's never been drawn before but they create it you know with their own mind there's something really fascinating about that but when someone starts drawing something like they draw daffy duck or they draw it and the way it's always been drawn you know mm-hmm. there kind of becomes a little bit less interest because you're like I've seen this before it's been done before you know what i mean and if someone's putting something together, like if you ever watch someone trace something, that's extremely boring because you're like, I mean, maybe watching them trace is interesting, but what they're tracing is not that interesting because, you know, it's already there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that art is kind of, it's, it's exposed, you know, it's exposed in the moment it's happening, even to the artist themselves, not, yeah. you know, not even just to the viewer. No, absolutely. I completely yeah. agree with you. Okay. Well, um, let's talk about this beer. We just poured yeah. another glass. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What do you think? You, I, i I really like it's, it's sweet, but it's, um, I mean, it's sweet and it's fruity. It's still beer. It's not like it's, it's like on the verge of heading into that, like into like a super fruit beer territory, Yeah, but not quite.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely kind of a a beer for me that I thought was end of summer, you know, it's got the peach flavor. Yeah. It's called the peach Rattler. Mm. And it's from, uh, the mission brewery, which now I'm blanking on their name. Uh, (laughs) mission, what the heck was it? Oh, I'm going to look it up here on my phone, but anyway, it's from the, the mission brewery and, um, right. Yeah. It's called the peach Rattler. And, uh, yeah, you know, I thought it'd be nice to get a nice fruity summer beer, you know, to, to finish off our summer with, and it's light, and, um, yeah, it's kind of, it's actually, I find a lot of these fruit beers, I'm not really able to drink a whole lot of them, you know, right, over, over and over and over again, but. Is Mission Springs? I think that's it. Um, you know Mission what? Springs, yeah, let me, let me just try
1: to figure this out here,
0: <laughs> let me just, because we
1: want to make sure we do this, uh, we give these, these good folks the,
0: the credit they deserve. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, they had, a, they had a lot of beer options. Actually, it was, it's tough to make a choice. Right. But <clears throat> the internet is so slow right now. Um, it, let's see here. I'm just gonna unedited <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uncut folks. Unedited. Here uh, it is. We're a okay. little rusty. It's, yeah,
0: Mission Springs Brewing Company. That's, All right, that's who it is. Mission Springs. Yeah. So um, yeah, they had a lot of different beers and uh, and you know um, a nice a nice uh, full bar. You know, I think everybody in Mission hangs out there. You know, for drinks, it's pretty. It's their it's their cornerstone spot. Um, yeah, but they had a lot of good beers. Actually, I got caught between a couple choices, but this is the one I went with. Well.
1: I like it. I've been enjoying it. It goes down super easy, super refreshing. And yeah, if it's a Rattler, then it's just like meant, meant for the sun.
0: <laughs> yeah. meant for a nice summer day. Um, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what, what are we, what do we really discussed here? <laughs> All right. We talked a lot about, we talked about a lot of things, but what, what, what did you get out of this? Um, you know, I think, I think for me, like the biggest
1: things that I'm kind of synthesizing from this whole conversation has to do with what we were talking about and what you were talking about with this idea of play and not taking everything so seriously and curiosity and, and exploration and, and all of that sort of, that sort of territory and, and its value in, in sort of being in that artistic mode, being in that artistic state of mind. Um, and, and just being open to things. I mean, I know I, this just sounds like maybe like a bunch of, I don't know, token advice, but <laughs> it's like <laughs> be open and blah, 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 blah. And play. Yeah. But I, I think if there's, if I can say this is like one sort of like piece of like actable, like sort of advice would be to follow those, those instincts that are, that are calling to you, you know, that are calling you to do something that, that kind of excites you, that kind of like, like make your hair stand on end a little bit, you know, that make the blood kind of course through your body a little bit at the thought of doing it and do it. Yeah, I'm like do those things, you know, don't don't let rationalization step in and and prevent you from doing it. Don't let it steal that juicy juicy thunder. <laughs> <laughs>
0: juicy thunder.
1: <laughs> don't let it stop the juicy <laughs> thunder because that's that's really what it is. You got to you got to work with that that thing. Yeah. You know, and it might be uncomfortable, you know, but that's great, you know, and don't expect to be necessarily great right away, you know, follow that thing and, and, and stumble a little bit along the way. That's a good thing. Mm. You know, it's all a good thing. And, and don't be judgmental of yourself as you're, as you're going in and exploring these things, because, you know, sometimes it takes time and then it it will become the thing that it's supposed to be. And, Mm. and you'll learn your lessons and, and, you'll expand your territory. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there we go. Did I cover enough of the conversation? You covered a lot <laughs> of it. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I mean, uh, you're saying territory. I mean, that's what I would say. I'd say incrementally take your territory in, in very specific areas, one little bit at a time. Don't, don't try and take on everything all at once. You know, if you want to be uh, a great, painter or you want to be a great actor or a great musician or whatever it is, pick something really small and specific that you can um, feel like you can do and, and start with that small thing and build many, many small skills. And whenever anything seems too overwhelming or too big, you're looking at too much. You're trying to take on too much. I think it should always seem easy and simple, almost too easy and too simple. Yeah. And if it does, then you're on the right path. If it seems complex and it seems hard and then, then you're off track, I think. Um, and I think that there is, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, teachers who are, have good intent and they kind of want you to push and like take on really hard tasks and do all that stuff. And I think, you know, There's something really great about being audacious and trying some big things out. But I think the only way to real mastery is by taking on small things and mastering them, not becoming a jack of all the trades by not really doing any of them really well. And, uh, you know, I think um, you... We all have some skills that we've built whether we know it or not and those will come out and so sometimes you need to just be audacious and go and try something and I think we should always be willing to dare and try but if we're working for mastery if we want to be great if we really want to be exceptional at these things it starts with really small simple tasks and doing them regularly and becoming really good at them and um you know the other thing that I would I would say is uh, I think what what if I could urge anybody including myself moving forward. And, I, and this is how I'm aiming to live my life more and more is choose curiosity over comfort. You know, comfort kills curiosity. You know, when, when you're more curious than you are, than, than you are wanting, when you want to be more curious than you do want to be comfortable, I think you open yourself up to a life that's very exciting. I think when you let comfort kill off your curiosity, you die a little, you know? And, um, you know, for me, I think that the, 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 those are the, some of the biggest discoveries I've made over the last few months is to incrementally build and, and be curious and be more curious than I'm comfortable. And that really has led me down a really wonderful path, you know, to open up a lot of great doors. And I think that those are kind of going to be cornerstones for me for the rest of my career. You know, they are they're, um, almost the foundation in which I will build the empire of my art on, you know, So I would, I would share that with everybody now and, and say, I mean, that's where you were when you were a kid, when you were a kid, you just, you didn't, you didn't have to be great at everything right away. You just increment, you tried it and you got incrementally better. And then you got incrementally better. And then you felt like, Hey, I'm okay at this. And you kept doing it. And if you didn't feel like you got incrementally better fast enough, you might've quit because you were uncomfortable or whatever. But I think we all started incrementally building. Right. And, uh, and i think that we were all curious because we had to be because like we would just die like we 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 had to be curious we had to look into things and find out about them and if we didn't you know we we just wouldn't be able to exist in the world so i yeah. think what we need to get back to is we need to get back to that cuz we were doing it right <laughs>
1: and yeah. then
0: the world kind of fucked us all up a little bit you know <laughs> i'm not kidding I, you know yeah. the world and and i think uh, the education system is well intended but poorly orchestrated currently, but I think it's getting a lot better. I think people are beginning to move towards mentorship where instead of telling everybody everything, they're beginning to, to encourage people to find everything and you find things by being curious. Yeah. So I, so be curious and just allow yourself incremental, small, simple steps of getting better and just do that a lot and master areas. And then once you mastered one, master another and master another and put them all together and you're going to have something special, you know, And, and every now and then throw yourself into the deep end and try something out, even though you don't have the skills and just do it and don't worry about being the best at it. But just as a test, just see how you're, you know, like you could, cause this advice of like, say you're dating, like walk around and smile at everybody. Okay. I smiled at everybody. Now I said hi to everybody. Now I did this sometimes, you know what, if you're getting, if it's too slow, go and ask someone out, you know, you, you know, someone you've you've even having a conversation with say, Hey, would you like to go out sometime? And just, see what happens you know what i mean and maybe you get shot down but don't let that kill you just use it as a test to see where you're at you know what i mean but but i would i wouldn't i would be surprised that if you build a little bit of confidence you won't realize how much confidence you actually have because i think so many of us don't really have any confidence at all we just have arrogance we just have kind of yeah. a false belief in ourselves but a little bit of confidence goes a really really long way if you build a little confidence you can do a lot if you build a lot of confidence you can do extraordinary things That's my opinion, but I I think that this advice is kind of encouraging people to go that way. So that's all I got to say, Evan. All right.
1: I like it. I like it all, Brandon. All right. Well, that's it, everyone. Enjoy the day.